Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here across the table from me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. <laughs> That's right, John. We are we are getting soon to be deep in the bad sins that we always deal with, right? Yeah, we are. We're continuing yeah. on our Lenten series here. You know, we talked last week about, in the beginning of the episode, about mm-hmm. Lent and what we give up and how so many times we, we give up trivial things. And, you know, we talked about how the catechism says that a real sacrifice, you know, a genuine sacrifice has mm-hmm. to involve um, the heart and love of neighbor. And as we went through that last week, we said, you know, we were sitting around thinking there's seven weeks of Lent, there's seven ba- deadly sins. So why not kind of journey through some of those? So we started last week with envy. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of people in the last week email, text. We had some people donate and say, I'm really going to enjoy the series. and Or me and a buddy are going through the yeah. series. I'm talking about you, Jeremy. You know who I'm talking about. Shout out to you and your buddy that are going through the series. He's a, been a long friend of mine that's supported the ministry since the beginning. So it's good to get that from him. But, yeah, it, it's it, we're trying through the series for the next this Lent to really – help people find a way to make this Lent powerful and transformative for them, not just for the 40 days, but beyond. And we do that by actually looking at the de- the things in our life. Um, you know, we made jokes about whistling past the graveyard and all yeah. those things and how we avoid, we all know when we think about Lent, the the one thing we need to give up. And, and then we just kind of turn away from it like, oh, didn't see that. Whoop, mm-hmm. nope. Not stopping drinking for 40 days or not this or whatever it is. But God wants us to go deeper. Uh, you know, I just did a uh, Lenten retreat this past weekend here in Memphis. Uh, it was a busy weekend. Angel and the kids went with me out here to our local retreat center. So thank you, Steve Frockia and the diocese and everybody that put that on. But the theme was 212, return to me with your whole heart, Joel 212. And that's what we're talking about here is how do we return with our whole heart this Lent to God? And I don't think there's a better way than, than journeying through these seven deadly sins. Because as we also said, we all major in one and minor in more than mm. in more than that. Right. So we all have one big one probably we deal with and a bunch of small ones that we that that plague us each and every day. I know I do and you you've shared that you do as well. So right. Today we're going to jump into a second deadly sin. We're not doing this in any certain order. You know, there's not an order. They're not in the scriptures in any sort of way. The church just delineates these and says these are them. So we're going to go through them right. uh, in in just the order that the Lord kind of moves us to go through them. So today we'll be talking about anger. Uh, first, I want to jump into a couple things though. Uh, like I said, I want to say thank you to Steve and the diocese and the folks that had us out to the retreat center here in Memphis this weekend. We did two uh, small retreats: a Friday night and Saturday morning. A different crew came in for Saturday night, Sunday morning. Father uh, James Clark did that with with me this weekend, and it was a pleasure to get to know him. Uh, it was a great weekend out there. Our retreat center is just a gem. If you ever have a chance to go to Memphis and come here for a retreat, you'd really love it out there. Uh, we've got a lot of upcoming events. Well, you know, we've hit the ground running in Lent, Victor. Mm-hmm. So this very weekend, 
I will be at the Columbus Men's Conference up at the Ohio Expo Center uh, with Chris Stefanik and Father Burke Masters, the Cubs chaplain. Um, that'll take place on Saturday. If you're in the area, which a lot of people listen to the show live up there, well, I've seen it on our on the reports of who listens and where. Come and see us. We'd love to meet you. Uh, I'd love to get to put a hand in a hand. We'll have merchandise, all that kind of stuff up there too. You know, just lots of stuff for you to enjoy. But the conference is going to be amazing. These guys have done it for 27 years. Um, Chris Stefanik's awesome. So is Father Burke Masters. It'll be a wonderful day. So come and join us this Saturday. The the next Saturday coming up after that, we will be. Uh, I believe that's March the second. We will be up in Green Bay at the Esto Veer Men's Conference. Another fabulous conference. We're going to be giving talks there and then doing breakout leader sessions. All this stuff. It's going to be amazing. Guys, come to that as well. Those guys have put in hard work, and they've been doing it right up there for years. Lots of men's groups, and we're going to help them in their outlying areas where they don't have them, kind of help try to form some more groups. So excited about that. Uh, I want to tell you, too, there's a special going on right now. If you've thought about going to Italy with us at all, we literally have three or four spots left. That's it. And they'll be sold out pretty soon because Select Travel, our travel partners, have come up with a Valentine's Day special. It started on the 14th. We have not had a show since then. This is the show today. So you have until the 21st, which will be tomorrow, Wednesday the 21st, to sign up. If you do, they will give you a couple's discount. If it's you and your wife or you and a friend, they will give you $300 off on the trip. So $150 a person. It's a great way to save money while going to this Eucharistic Miracles pilgrimage with myself and Father Joe Sachs. It's going to be an amazing trip. Don't miss out on that. Join us. It's going to be a fabulous time and save money by going to select international travel, registering uh, today or tomorrow, and you can save that $300. So excited for you guys to do that. Finally, thank you to those who've signed up and become partners in the pew. You have no idea how much that helps. Every time somebody joins for $10, 15 20 25 75 200 whatever it is, it allows us to continue to move forward, to do things that we weren't able to do, to hire people, all of those things. And it just really helps support us. So thank you for every one of you that have done that. Please, if you have not, consider doing it. If you're listening to this and you're getting something out of it, just consider giving back so that we can continue to help other people. This is a, I told somebody today, this is a way for you to be an arm of the ministry, right? A lot of people want to evangelize. They don't know how. You do so by simply giving to this ministry, which is evangelizing other people. You become an extension of that through that gift. So thank you for considering it. For those who have for a long time or a short amount of time, thank you for your yes. And for those who you will consider it, thank you. You can become a partner in the pew by going to our website, just a guy on the pew.com. There's a donate button in the upper right corner, or you can go directly to donorbox.org slash pew, P-E-W, and sign up there. For anybody looking to start a men's ministry in your parish, you know that's what we do. That's what our ministry is all about. We can help you do it. We've got tons of those on the calendar for this year. We have room for more. Go to our website at justagotinthepew.com and register there. So, folks, thank you for listening to that. You're always so kind to do it. Uh, and for those of you who skipped forward it, you didn't. You just you just lost things, so don't do that. <laughs> but, uh, Victor, time to jump into the show. You know, we've been in this Linton series. We started it. Uh, really excited about it. We're not. We don't always do big series, but mm-hmm. it's it's really fun to kind of dive into these things and see how they connect. And you know, envy. What we talked about last week. If not put into check. If it's not. Um, if, if it's not offset with gratitude, as we talked about last week, and we start to squash that envy and be grateful for the gifts we have, if we allow envy to run free, then what can naturally happen? 
we can get very, very angry about our situation. We can get angry at other people that have it, quote unquote, better than us or got something we deserved. And if we're not careful, that anger could turn into a lot of things, violence, um, you know, unforgiveness, all of these things that can cause us to be eternally separated from the Lord. So today we're going to jump into anger. We're going to talk about what anger is. We've got some more quotes from our buddy Archbishop Fulton Sheen, one of your favorites, one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. We're going to jump into Scripture and look at the different types of anger and where some of those were displayed and really try to help people understand what anger is, is it a sin, when is it a sin, when is it not a sin, and then how do I avoid it, what's the remedy to it. So that's kind of what we're going to jump into today. Um, So let's start with that. What is anger? Well, the catechism says anger is a desire for revenge. Very simply is what it says. Um, Sheen says that, he says this about anger, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. He says, the one passion in man that has deeper roots in his rational nature than any other is the passion of anger. Anger and reason are capable of great compatibility because anger is based upon reason, which weighs the injury done and the satisfaction to be demanded. We are never angry unless someone has injured us in some way. Here comes the important part. Mm -hmm. Or we think they have. So this is a couple of versions or, or, or definitions of anger. And, and really, Father Clark talked about it this weekend at the retreat, and he said, you know, um, anger is a response to injustice, right, is what it should be. Mm-hmm. But as I said a minute ago, we can take it too far if we're not careful. Well, we can misinterpret what injustice is to us. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, not always do we think that we're the ones that cause injustice to people, yet we're upset at their reaction towards us. Yeah, And we have to always really assess okay, you know, did I cause this? Mm-hmm. Did I, did I add, add to this situation? Um, and kind of what Fulton Sheen says is that, you know, justified anger is, is righteousness in some form, mm-hmm. right? Um, of course, I, I kind of added my own le- letters no, no, there. No, please, but yeah. yeah. But, but it's, it's, you know, for, for many of us, I think we, we, like I just said, anger is a driven emotion all of us experience every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and most of us are are able to kind of like, you know, wrap it up and bundle it up and kind of like bury it deep and stuff. And then and especially when we have you know kids in in the house, yeah, we always want to be careful we don't misfire and it affects them either uh, or uh, coworkers or our boss. You know? Sure, um, because we're, we're very we're very capable of, of bringing things around with us like like pebbles in a pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to save this and I'm bringing it out when I need to, you know. Sure. Just you wait until it's your turn, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so, you know, like Kind I of said, festers within right. us, yeah. And so it's, it is it is the emotion that all of us experience right now. At this very moment, someone is listening is probably upset about a situation that they, they deemed unfair to them, possibly was unfair to them, and possibly is that they could have been the cause of it being unjustified in their in their eyes. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you're 100% right. And the... the the thing is, anger isn't a sin in and of itself, right? right? Anger's an emotion. And emotions, as Father Clark also said this weekend, in themselves aren't morally bad or good, right? They're just emotions. They're feelings. What makes them bad or good is how we react and how we live in them, uh, which is what you're alluding to. Like in another situation, something happens to you, and this is very familiar to me. I have a bad day. You didn't get a lot of sleep. Whatever it is, you're walking around cranky. You're mad about something that happens. When your kids ask you something simple and you blow their, you know, you blow your top mm-hmm. and scream at them and rip their head off, like that is treating someone unjustly with your anger, mm-hmm. right? The anger that had nothing to do with them, but they're just the closest punching bag that you're ready to finally 
ultimately blow your top. It was the last straw, if you will. Right. And I think that's where a lot of us experience anger is is we get mad about something or maybe we're a person that just isn't very confrontational. So we allow people to kind of walk over us or things to happen and you let this thing build and it's eventually like, you know, dropping Mentos in a in a those Mento things, right. candies in a two liter bottle and eventually the thing's gonna explode, right? Yeah. It starts to fizzle and fizzle and fizzle and then it, it needs a release of pressure. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of us that's how we handle or mishandle our anger is is we don't sit with it. We don't look at things. We we're quick to think of of injustices towards us, but not injustices we have given to someone else or perpetrated on someone else. Um, but anger in itself is not the sin. It's how we deal with it. And you know, Dr. Bob talks a lot about um, you know these these looking at our sins and our lives and our wounds as this tree and you know we see the 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 trunk and the the limbs and things but we don't see what's underneath and you know we talked last week about you know what was the idolatry for envy and that was status or possessions mm-hmm. right that was really what what envy was the idol that envy was kind of going after well with anger it's control mm-hmm. right we're angry because we can't control a situation or someone made us feel a certain way and we aren't able to control that and we don't like not being in control anger at its root the sin is ungodly self-reliance like we we're relying on ourselves and when it doesn't work out when we can't control things when when things get out of our our hands is when we get angry a lot right even our own emotions like someone did something to me or made me feel a certain way and i can't control how i feel in the moment and so now i'm angry and i want to murder that person or i want to get that person back or have revenge because I'm no longer in control, which is the idol I want to have in my life, mm-hmm. is I want control. And when it's ripped away from me, I become angry. Or when I'm made to do something that I didn't like or something was forced upon me, now I'm angry because I don't have that control. And you know, some of those, those fruits are self-righteousness, right? Uh, judgment, bitterness, resentment, uh, depression, passive aggressiveness, uh, behavior, uh, passive aggressive behavior, sarcasm, gossip, you know, some of that biting. Oh, I was just kidding. Mm-hmm. Were you really? Because there was an awful lot of a sting in that, in right. that joke you had, right? Um, what comes out of those things, the greater uh, fruits and sins of the flesh, if you will, with, with anger or rage, revenge, retaliation, murder, violence, malice, verbal abuse, insults, and slander. You know, that's all stuff that Bob has, and this is one of his guidebooks for one of his courses that we're kind of using yeah. to kind of tailor this, this this trip here. So thank you, Bob. But that's kind of what we experience. So below the surface, we have this, this seeking of control and this ungodly self-reliance. I want to depend on myself, and when I can't, I, anger comes out of me mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. So anger itself, like I said, isn't the sin. It's how we react and what we do with it. And there are two different types of anger, really. There's just and unjust. You mm-hmm. you kind of were alluding to this. And so, um, you know, Archbishop Fulton Sheen talks about this, too, in the book that I was reading where he talked about anger. He was saying for anger not to be a sin, it, it, it must be just, right? Like something like defending God's honor, you know, or the reason we should be angry at abortion, right? It's not okay to take human life. And it's okay to be mad about that. What it's not okay to do is to go and like blow up a Planned Parenthood center, right? That's that's unjust, like you're that's an unjust reaction to that anger. It's okay to be un to be angry at a moral wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. We see Jesus do that in the scriptures, 
right? He goes to the temple, and what happens? All these people are are taking advantage of people. They're in the outer part of the temple, and he says, you've turned this my father's house into a den of thieves. And what they're doing is people are coming there with nothing, barely enough to afford two turtle doves, which are like the smallest sacrifice you can you can afford versus an unblemished lamb or something right. like that. And they barely have enough to provide for it. And these people are, are, are upping the prices and raping them because they know they have to have this. And so what does Jesus do? He doesn't go in there and start like stabbing people or anything. He kind of calmly ties some cords together, turns over tables. It's very, very thought out about the way that he wants to demonstrate Mm -hmm. the wrong that's going on here. And then he rebukes the people. You know, that was justified anger. They They were doing something that was morally wrong. Right? And so he reacted that way. But that's not always the case in Scripture, right? right? There's there's unjust anger we'll talk about in a minute. But that that was one of the examples is it must be just. The second thing Archbishop Fulton Sheen says, it is not to be greater than the cause demands, mm-hmm. meaning like it's kept under control. And this is often where we all struggle when we mess up in our anger is something happens to us. Generally, other things have happened to us. It piles on, as I say, and then your reaction is like a mushroom cloud from a nuclear explosion versus something that like where somebody's going, hey, I just asked you a question. Right. And you completely like walked me up and down. There's that unjustness and this anger becomes unjust when it's out of control. And mm-hmm. that's the problem with anger with so many of us right. is because we've just let it. It can run all over us. And sometimes, I don't know about you, Victor, but... I get so mad. I'm in a good place, and then something will hit me, and it's like my whole. It's like a demon possesses mm-hmm. you. Like it runs all over you. And one of my favorite singer songwriters, Zach Bryan, he he's got a line of song that goes, "Anger grows in my bones if you could not tell." Mm-hmm. And that's the way it can feel if we allow anger to take control of us in our lives. And obviously, it damages relationships. It gets us in places we don't want to be. Right. Well, and, and you were talking about relationships as always. All. all all these deadly seven deadly sins are destructive in relationships, and not only relationships with people we know on earth, but our relationship with God yeah. uh, in Christ. And so that that way we need to kind of very, be careful at tempering um, our emotions when we are triggered with things like this. Um, when you're talking now, I don't mean to, to dumb down the, uh, the, um, the show, but I was thinking about Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so hold on, guys. Talladega Nights, huh? You, yeah. So, you know, like um, – <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, Ricky Bobby's daddy, you know, I forget his name, Dale, maybe, I don't know, I'm yeah. just making it up, maybe. Oh, that was his buddy, sorry, shake, shake a bait guy. Yeah. But anyways, his dad was kind of like in and out of his pictures whole, whole of his life this whole time, you know. Even in, in Ricky's success, he still gave tickets at the door hoping that his dad would show up for mm-hmm. his races and stuff. Well, whenever his dad came back in his life, he, he did kind of show some things of like, a father does like you know feel better ricky you can do this you know but guess what as they bonded together you know in that scene at applebee's or chili's whatever yeah. you know and and all the kids are behaved and he's back with his, his ex and you know he's sitting at the table and they're saying the prayer and he just he it he just triggers right yeah and he just gets upset at the waitress says you know this is not what i ordered and of course he ordered what he ordered and it was came out right but he for some reason was angered at that moment because he couldn't control the situation anymore. Yeah. And, you know, he was just, he was always used to pushing people away from him, you know? Sure. And, and, and anger has that way too. When, when, when things get close and uncomfortable, when God's trying to come to our hearts and kind of like break down that wall we have of emotions and being vulnerable, we can be like Ricky Bobby's dad and like tell God, nah, too close, you're uncomfortable. 
Yeah. You're, you're trying to make me be something I'm not comfortable with. So, so guess what, guys? Lent does that to us. We have to be able to be open to the change of the Holy Spirit that comes to us, you know, and, and know that we are, a, we are always a creature necessary to change to order to know what God's will is in our, in our life. Yeah. If we put that wall up, guess what? We're not doing God's will, and in a sense, we're not receiving the graces that he has been holding for us to receive. Yeah, no, these things are always impediments to the spiritual mm-hmm. life, and, and that's the thing about anger not being a sin, because people are probably oh, like, well, it's not okay for me to be angry. Mm-hmm. It depends on the circumstances. Yeah. And that's what Sheen was saying. You know, he's saying it, it's got to be just. It has to be something about a morally inju- a moral injustice or something like that. He says it's not great. It can't be greater than the cause. So you can't just overreact. If something was minor, you can't, you know, you can't take a bazooka to a, to a BB gun fight, right? right? And then uh, to kind of continue with the Ricky Bobby well, yeah. it's <laughs> like, stuff it's like there. But, we yeah. all need to change. And when someone tells us that something that hurts us because they love us, yeah. we can't be angry at that. And yeah. then he says it has to be quickly subdued. Right. That's the third reason. So there's three ways that it's just, mm-hmm. right? That it's got to be something morally good, right? right. Like defending God's honor, uh, you know, be, siding on, on pro-life, those things like that. It can't be greater than what happened, right? So you can't just – you can't – get out of control mm-hmm. and again what do we say the root of that is i want control yeah. of anger so it can't you got to keep yourself under control and the third thing is it's quickly subdued like if you just let your anger fester this is where we get into trouble right this is where somebody can do something to you years ago you never forgive you never get over it mm-hmm. and and you see that every time you think of them you just poison is is in your mind and in your heart and you can't wait to see them again because you're going to do this or that. I mean, this is where it gets very poisonous. And, and you know, Augustine has talked about that many a times too, where he says, you know, um, unforgiveness or anger is right. like drinking poison and waiting the other per- for the other person to die. Right. And that's where so many of us sit in that anger. And it doesn't just – the funny thing is it doesn't do anything to them because most of the time they don't even realize or remember they ever did anything. You're sitting here assuming they did, and all you're doing is allowing your insides to rot. Yeah. because of this poison. So the scriptures talk about this too in Ephesians 4, 6. It says, be angry, but do not sin. Mm-hmm. Again, this is alluding to the justness of anger in some cases. It's okay to be angry. Don't sin. Right. Jesus got angry. He didn't sin, right? He didn't harm anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't do anything morally wrong. And what he did was to defend the honor of his father. It also goes on to say, in Ephesians uh, 4.26, do not let the sun go down on your anger. This is what he means by it's got to be quickly subdued. Mm-hmm. You can't sit here and let anger just run on and on and on and on in your life because it's not going to ever stop. It's just going to build and build and build, and you're going to become like a powder keg that's going to explode, yep. right? And usually on someone or something that didn't deserve it. So that's one type of anger, just anger. The other type is the unjust. And you know, you can look at this. One of the greatest examples that come to mind is Cain and Abel, mm-hmm. right? There in the Old Testament, in, in Adam, the children of Adam and Eve, and what happens? So, Cain, you know, and Abel both go to offer God sacrifices. You know, Abel offers God his first fruits his and the best, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. best of what he had. Right. Cain did not. Right. So, what happens? God favors Abel's uh, his his sacrifice, right. his offering. And what happens? Cain gets really, really mad, yeah. and he kills his own brother. Now, you know what happens? 
And he even tells God, like God says, you will walk the earth because he said, please don't kill me, right, in, in retribution. So God says, you will wander the earth. And he says, well, what if somebody does something to me? Mm-hmm. And he goes, you will not have anything done to you, but you're, you, you've lost things now because of this anger, right? right? And, and why was he so angry? Cain was going, why was he so upset? Well, God, I gave you something too. I mm-hmm. gave you something of mine, but it wasn't the best that he had. Mm-hmm. Right, so even though that anger was aimed at Abel because of the jealousy, the envy, right, where these two things right. marry again, he was envious of the way that God preferred Abel over him. What does he do? He goes and he murders him. He allows that anger to to get out of control. He doesn't subdue it. It's not just mm-hmm. because this is your fault. You chose to give God what you gave him, and it wasn't the best of what you had. Right, Abel gave him the best of what he had. And God preferred it. Right. But where did the blame fall? Not on yourself, but on him. This is where it was unjust. Mm-hmm. And we see it in the gospel a bunch of other times, too, like where the servant's forgiven by the master. And what does he do? As soon as he's begging the master and the master forgives him, he turns around and he goes and finds all the other servants that owe him money, and he starts choking them out and having them thrown in jail, mm-hmm. right? Because he's angry that they owe him money. When he just received this great forgiveness and wasn't willing to pass it on, yeah. these are these these times where it's unjust and and this is the thing, man. Like anger is such an issue in our world, and yes, we have anger because of fatherlessness and anger because of things that naturally happen to us, but we don't have to live in that anger. And it's when we allow this to run free that we get into real trouble, right? right? I mean, that's what Sheen says too. He says unjust anger has no rightful cause and is excessive and vengeful and enduring, mm-hmm. right? Vengeful and enduring. And so this is this is what we have to remember. I mean, God warns us several times. This is why Jesus says, look, turn the other cheek. Doesn't matter what somebody did to you. Mm-hmm. You turn the other cheek because that anger, that resentment, those, those, those feelings can lead to the things that I read from Dr. Bob's books here about, you know, vindictiveness and, and revenge and retaliation and murder and violence. But this is not what we're called to. Those are things that are completely opposite of what the Lord calls us to: charity, forgiveness, love. And this is gonna. This is where you'll find yourself in a bad place. And this is why it's important to talk about this during Lent, because all of us, as you said earlier, we struggle with anger. Mm-hmm. It's the bane for a lot of us. This is where I'd say, if you don't major in it, most of us certainly minor in this one, right. because it's something we just get set off so easy, and we forget about the things that. You know, it's so easy to get mad at somebody or some things when they happen to you. It's very hard to remember the injustices you perpetrate on other people. I can't believe that person cut me off, but I did that to somebody else yesterday. And I can't believe that someone would talk to me that way when I talked to somebody else that way yesterday. We're very quick to bring judge, jury, and and executioner to somebody else, but very slow to do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And this is the hypocrisy usually that happens in anger. And this is why the Lord calls us out of it. And he reminds us in Matthew 5, 22, he says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. This is why it's so dangerous. Because if that anger is left unchecked, it can lead us to something that winds up becoming a mortal sin, right? I mean, tearing someone down, murdering somebody, there's multiple ways to commit mortal sins, right? Gossip, all of these things. You know, uh, dishonoring our father and mother, you know, cheating on our spouse because we're angry because, you know, things haven't happened there in our relationship that we thought that should have, that we were owed. We can walk into very difficult places in all of this, Victor, and this is why it's a deadly sin because it can lead you away from the Lord into mortal sin and into a place you don't want to be, none of us want to be, which is right. hell. 
And this is why it's an important place, as we talked about envy, now we talk about anger, to look at in our lives during Lent. God wants us to remove these spiritual impediments, to go into the places, not just the superficial things, just to give something up to give something up, but what is something like this that's in my life? And I guarantee you, if each and every one of us stop right now and we're honest with ourselves, there's a place we'll find where we're angry. Mm -hmm. Maybe at our mom and dad for something that happened or, or leaving us or something like that that was out of our control, but we're angry. And a lot of times we don't ask that side of the story. We just look at what was done to us and we don't even consider what's done to them. That's the way I was with my father forever, right? Like, no, I'm never good enough for you. Nothing I ever do is good enough. And, and I'm so angry that you just can't love me in the right way. Mm. And it wasn't until later in life when I saw that he was never given that. And so he couldn't give something that he couldn't have. But my anger never let me even consider that there were circumstances on his side sure. that didn't allow him to give what I so desired. And so I had this anger that was aimed at him when it wasn't really his fault. And very often, if we all stop in, in this car or wherever you're listening to this, in the gym or whatever, and you stop and ask yourself, I guarantee you there's someone or something in your life that you're angry about that you're withholding forgiveness from, and it's become a spiritual impediment in your life, not only to God, but to your relationships around you. Because that can't you can't put that in a little box and keep it in one place. It starts to spill out. And that's the danger of it. It ruins our relationships. So this is the thing, Victor. I mean, there's remedies to this that we can talk about in a second. But anger is, as you've said, and as I've said, is 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 something a trap that we're all going to fall into. And if we don't, if we're not honest with ourselves, and we don't take times like Lent to to pull back the the layers of the onion, as we talked about last mm -hmm. week, and start to look at the kind of ugliness inside. We're going to let it eat us from the inside out and cause us to lose very important things in our life. Number one, our relationship with God and those around us. All right. Well, touching back on you know Cain and Abel, uh, we can we can act like either or in our prayers. You know, when we we talk to God, are we praying a genuine genuineness of our heart? Are we really being like you know we're asking for help or asking for aid or we're just saying thankfulness for things that He's given to us? Is that our first fruits of our prayer, yeah. or do are we holding something back and we just we're like you know, Cain, and we're, we're praying, but we're, we're not really being genuine in our prayer. You know, God wants us to be, you know, doesn't want anger to be in our prayer either, you yeah. know, uh, for us to be totally open and, and saying, God, whatever you would want from me, you know, I'm here, you know, yeah. speak and I'll do everything I, that I can that you want me to do in your will. And the other prayer we may say is, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'll do the best I yeah. can next time. But is that a genuine prayer? I mean, is it a prayer out of, out of like, anger because you just can't get past it? Or are you praying, like, God, I don't know why this is such an issue with me. Please soften my, my, my heart, soften my mind. Allow me to see what I'm doing and damaging myself and our relationship with, with my relationship with you. Those are the prayers he wants yeah. is the thing, like, just— just open me up and and show me what I need to do to change. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, man. And this is, it is such a spiritual danger. I mean, God gives you permission to have anger in your life, mm -hmm. right? Be angry, but sin not. That's the important right. part. Do not sin, right? And and do not let the sun set on your anger. You know, turn the other cheek, forgive those, because the thing is, this is the beauty of uh, one part of the beautiful parts of the Our Father prayer, which we're going to pray here at the end is, you know, forgive my sins as I forgive right. others, 
right? And we can't sit here and demand our pound of flesh in one hand and then demand that God forgive us. That's not the way this works. Mm -hmm. The Lord knows and knew that we would struggle with this in our brokenness and that if we weren't careful, we would be asking for things for ourselves that we weren't willing to extend to someone else, and that's hypocrisy, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, think about how many times he called the, the Pharisees hypocrites, Right for the ways they acted and they treated other people and they expected other people to to live and to act, but right. they didn't do that themselves. You whitewash tombs, you cleanse the outside of the cup, but not the inside. Right. Again, he he talks about it's not to he says in scripture not to worry about the things that we put into the body, but the things that come out of the man's heart. And this is where anger resides is right there in that heart. And our hearts are not very big. Mm-hmm. They don't they can't hold a lot of things, and that's where there's always this. This struggle and this warring with these deadly sins and with what God wants of us, that love that He does He desires of us. So we can't live as the parents, as the brothers, as the friends, as the employers, as the employees, as all the relationships in our life we're called to if we allow anger to reside in our heart. So what is the answer to this, Victor? I mean, it's it's forgiveness, it's charity, mm-hmm. right? Because anger is made up of hate and all of these other things if it's unjust, right? And so how do we respond to that with love, with forgiveness? And it's hard, mm-hmm. but that's why being a Christian is hard, right? It, God never said it would be easy. You have to sit there, and no matter how bad it hurts, no matter how angry you are, you have to have that self-control. You have to learn to master those emotions, not let them master you, and sit with it and not blow off or, or blow your top off at, at a moment's notice just because that's going to make you feel better in a moment's notice. I want vindication. I want my round of flesh. I want them to, to know how I feel in the way that I think they treated me. All that does at the end of the day is make you feel better for about three seconds, and then you start feeling even worse. Right? What this is about is, is, is taking it and making it obedient to Christ. Right, Lord, I don't understand this. This isn't right. I feel like this is an injustice. But the way I want to act is not of you 90% of the time. So, Lord, let me have a heart like yours. Let me remember all the times that I have done things to anger you and you've forgiven me. Mm-hmm. Let me think of all the times that I have made mistakes and people have been good enough to forgive me. Let me live in that light, not only this Lent, but the rest of my life. That's the answer. Just like gratitude was the answer for envy, forgiveness and love is, is in patience and temperance are the answers to anger. Because I'm telling you, there's not many more things that I, I know personally that can eat you up inside as anger and unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And when you allow those to reside in your heart, if you're just saying, well, for this Lent, I'm going to deal with these surface-level things, and we don't get to the root of this ungodly self-reliance, this desire for control in our life that Bob mentioned and, and the things that I read, then we're going to be doing nothing but but trying to throw dirt over the problem, right? We're We're trying to cover up the issue. The, the, the goal of our spiritual life is to journey into those heart places, those hard places, those places of woundedness. Find out why. Why am I angry? What All these, these things that are on the branches of the tree, the fruit of, of this sin of anger, what, what, is the, what is the root of it? Mm-hmm. Digging into those things and finding that out. When you do, you can find that it's a lot easier to let anger and things that people do you know, roll off your back, right. you know, water off a duck's back. But if we don't ever dive into these things the way we're attempting to in these weeks, and we don't ask the Lord to come into it, and we don't take seriously the prayers we're saying every day where we're basically condemning ourselves, if I don't forgive, don't forgive me, I want to stay in this anger, 
then we're going to wind up in places we don't want to be. And not only us, because those around us are affected by it. If our children see us never forgiving people, but telling them to not to you know to to get rid of their anger in a moment, they're not going to do it. They're going to mm-hmm. say no. You know, monkey see, monkey do. You know, don't be the person that says you know that says one thing and does another. We have to live this, and it starts by combating these things in our life. So, folks. You know, here we are in another week as we're journeying through these Linton, um, this Linton series. Victor, I'm so grateful for you doing this because you have such in- insights, whether they're Mind Ricky Palace Bobby. insights yeah. or <laughs> movie insight references yeah. like Ricky Bobby. I'm yeah. sure a lot of guys got a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're bringing so much to this. Um, and the goal of this people, as we always say, is is one, Victor and I grow in, in talking about these things too. You know, it's, it's a great spiritual uh, medication to ourselves to go through this each and every week. But also, it's just an honor to journey through this stuff with you, because at the end of the day, we can we can be powder puff Christians, or we can do the hard work that we're called to do, and that's what the Lord asks in each and every one of us. So as you are as you in this show, do it with a prayer, a personal prayer. We're going to pray together, but just throw up a personal prayer that any places that God would reveal places of anger, woundedness, unforgiveness in your life, and he would lead you into those deserts, like Jesus goes into that desert to be tested and tried and found true. Allow God to take you into those places. He's He's a spiritual healer. He's not going in there with a wrecking ball. He's going in there with a, with a scalpel. Just trust him to do it. When you come up on those places, sit with him in them. Allow him to take you through it. Ask him for the grace to, to allow you to forgive the people. Sometimes we can't forgive, but we can ask God to do it because he can do all things. And then try to live out of that place with charity, with love, and with forgiveness. If you meet anger and hate with those things, you will remedy them, you will heal them, and you will become the person you want to become. So know that Victor and I are praying for you through every one of these shows and these series. As we walk through this, please pray for us as we are human as much as you are, and we are dealing with these things as well. So Victor, let's take this all to prayer, and let's just throw up the Our Father, because this is the prayer that Jesus told us to pray, and it deals with so much of this. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We'll see you all next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.